Welcome to the Strange Life. <laughs> Urban legend. Said it for the hell of it, but it was like, yeah, there's these parties where people shove Mars bars up your ass and up girls' pussies and stuff. And it's like, oh all right, brilliant. We are recording, you know. Okay, well, there we go. There you go. Uh, Mars bars. The, 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 the milky bars with. are on Chris. Well, uh, yeah. Milky bars. Yeah. yeah. Milky bars are on me. They're, they're a bit less dense, but anyway. Yeah. Welcome, 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 strangers, Hello. to another fantastic edition of This Strange Life. The only Bangkok. Podcast, the only contemporary podcast that uses words like cunt, cheesecake. Is that a compound noun? It is indeed. <laughs> well done. A particularly wow. cheesy sort of cheesecake, I think. Very smelly. Yes, Very yes. smelly cheesecake. Yes, well, we're joined by uh, Mr. Chris Wagoda, who's a Bangkok Renaissance man, originally from uh, um, London. And, a uh, luminary, actor, would you say? A luminary actor, comedian. I feel like I've got day job. Sit down. Um, <laughs> Uh, poet, uh, erotic dancer, um, the list goes on and on. It does. Whatever you want, really. As long as you pay me enough. So how, how long have you two known each other? So we first met, I reckon, about ten years ago. Um, and I was working with a guy called Tom Earls, who's been on the show before. Has, we yeah. had Tom on here. And uh, we wrote a stage play called The Natives. And uh, we were looking for cast, and Tom was casting. He was in control of the casting couch. And on his journey, he came down to a little club <coughs> in a back room at a pub called The Londoner. And he found Mr. Ogoda rattling around with a little notebook, are you, are, are you writing down jokes. Are you trying to say that you broke Chris Ogoda? You, you, you introduced well, him not, to the world? Not personally, but I think no, it was Tom, Tom that who broke him in. Personally <laughs> broke him in. <laughs> I didn't think that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're talking to me too. That was a long, long time ago, wasn't it? No, that, that was a long time ago. Well, you James Weinstein. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> eight years ago, I think it would have been it probably, or maybe slight, because that would have been around when the Londoner was uh, kicking as uh, an open mic. That was a that was the uh, very interesting place. That's for sure. Where, where's the Lond- Where was the Londoner? Sukhumvit Thirty Three. Oh, just here. Just it's very close. The corner. Uh, Robin now. Hood. No, no, no. Uh, no. So thirty-three, ah. like the main thirty-three on the corner. Uh, you've got UBC two building, and it was like down the stairs, and now there's ah. all sorts of things down there. But yeah, we it used to be a pub, and we got the back room uh, after I'd done two open mics, and it was like, well, this was quite fun. Seem to be getting some laughs. If I want to continue this, met other people that wanted to do it, and uh, started a room there. And so you started a room after two gigs. You started your own room. Well, the, I, that's pretty it, fucking cool. It, that. Well, it, yeah, basically becoming promoter, host, and comedian all in the same night, basically. Yeah. And uh, but that story isn't completely unknown. Like, yeah. there's many parts of the world where mm-hmm. you know there's no real comedy scene, and mm. uh, that's exactly how it starts because someone. Yeah. Often and usually, someone who does not have much experience in any area then has to start running a room, and and then things just happen, and mm. things have happened. So yeah, nice. And you haven't looked back since. But what you came out here originally? You were teaching, right? I was 
a teacher at a bilingual <laughs> school teaching the British curriculum in English to Thai kids. Uh, and really? then they also got taught in Thai. And it was very interesting the way that we went from asking them questions and then finding out what they have to say about stuff to a completely didactic form of teaching on the Thai side. What does that mean? Didactic? As Ar- in Archaic. Well, just again. literally... Uh, there's just one answer and it's also it's just oh, right, okay. you just listen memorization yeah, not re- yeah, your yeah. opinion's not really important it's just that you replicate what there's you've no been nuance. told yeah, no, okay. that's for sure but anyway but right. uh, yeah. binary thinking and uh, yes taught there for two years decided I want to do something else uh, went in did a few acting workshops uh, did a little bit of that just student films and stuff um Interesting enough. Sorry to yeah, interrupt, yeah, sure, but sure. didn't you get? I'm sure you said something like you you got you were a victim of like reverse racism. Yeah, oh, I kind of. Well, to, be, to be honest, I was kind of skipping that because I thought there's more interesting things to talk about. But it is <laughs> it, it is pretty well, interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, basically, I got a lot of complaints, and uh, I, I never forget. And basically, the head of the school wanted to fire me. And the, the head of primary absolutely fought to keep me on. He must have observed me teaching like 12 times or something which is just outrageous um uh, you know just pop in and, and then he, from the first lesson it was like well i can see that the kids have learned stuff before they they obviously have prior learning you're obviously a good teacher but he had to keep doing it and uh the parents came out with the most outrageous kind of uh complaints like he's never there um which was bizarre like mm. how could i not be there or um, other, but and it, I, I do remember one time the kids actually were given the right to say whatever they wanted, anything they wanted to say about me. The Thai teacher did it completely behind my back, and uh, some of them were quite amusing. Uh, I remember one of them was like, "Teacher Chris thinks he's very handsome," which would be true. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I mean, it was, but it was just what it really, 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 really came down to. Although it is still a little speculative, is that I think. And this was in the head of primary, the deputy head of, uh, head of primary. Also, we all agreed. I just wasn't frang enough because I'm half Thai, half British. Well, half British, half Thai. Um, you know, born in the UK, educated there. You know, obviously speak English pretty well. And, uh, yeah, they. but I didn't have brown hair. I didn't have blue eyes. And there was literally a teacher who one of the parents said, oh, you have such lovely hair and eyes or blonde hair and blue eyes. And it was like as if that's of any fucking relevance to anything. Mm. And, but that's the mi- that was the mindset. It's kind of it like Hitler's like, way of thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not dissimilar. <laughs> I mean, the more Aaron you are, I think, the more you're seen as Farang, the more you're a better teacher. Um, there's a story. There's a, pl- there's a book there somewhere. So, Aryan, uh, the Aryan Teachers of Bangkok. So it was, yeah. And it, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, there was an Indian teacher before my time. I think her name was something like Sujata. And they said, oh, you've got to change your name to Sarah. You know, and it was just <laughs> stuff like, it was just, you know, and with all, you know, forget about black teachers. I mean, they're just... That, forget about forget it. Forget it. It just wasn't going to happen. I hope things are changing. I'm not completely mm. in touch with the team. I mean, you guys probably know better than I do how open they are to... to it's slowly changing, but the guys who are teaching at the moment really are at the front line. They're having to take all the stick, all the abuse. Um, so the next generations of Thai kids will, you know, accept having, you know, an African or Afro-American um, teacher. 
So yeah. the guys are, are really, they're, they're heroes. You know, they're, mm. they're, they're, the work they do is heroic at the yeah. moment. And it's not just in the classroom, it's like an immigration as well. I spoke to a guy um, from an African nation and he got stopped um, getting his uh, work visa, his um, uh, work visa at Laos. He was stopped by immigration. He had to phone the school director to okay it for them to let him through the border pass. Wow. Um, and when it came down to why they were stopping him, it was just pure racism. The, the yeah. woman on the desk yeah, said, yeah. well, we all know they're criminals. You know, <laughs> like this. And So these guys, they're, they're having to take all the stick, all the abuse, not only from the system, but from the children and from the children's parents. Yeah. So the next generations will have... And a, the parents of children. But yeah. 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 Now, I yeah. remember years ago I was doing this casting and there was a... Uh, Afro-American guy uh, and he said to me you know I did this casting and the casting director said to me um, okay we want you to speak um, your native language and he said well I'm American so I speak English he said no no we want you to speak your native Nat- African natives, yeah. we want to speak your African oh, language God. as if Africans are fucking continent so there's no obviously African language obviously yeah. but it was just like that it means that that's just completely ignorant and you know things will change I'm sh- I'm, I think they are changing but uh, yeah I think bottom line I was subject to some reverse racism was not the reason that I left teaching I just honestly just didn't particularly want to continue doing it um, I don't really like children so um, there you go it happened to my co-worker well, too she's like a fourth generation Thai but she's in, you know her ethnicity is Indian so she doesn't know anything other than Thailand yeah and uh, so she got that rever- reverse racism too they're like what do, you, what do you have a you know a, a, you know a Indian and in, but she speaks fluent English so I mean it's unfortunate you know well, no I uh, mean you can yeah, yeah because it's, it's just absurd I remember saying to the kids what do you think uh, people look like in the UK in London and they said oh like you know blonde hair blue eyes and I was like and so and then I put on a video of a school I can't remember which borough it was but all the kids were basically Somalian background and I just played it to them and it was just like what you know what is this like what are we watching and it's like that's London obviously not all of London's like that but that's part of London yeah you know trying to make them realise that there's not that their idea is completely wrong so Mm -hmm. did you remember we spoke about uh, a couple of weeks ago um Cuomo so his his brother a few few weeks I think it was about a month ago he got called Fredo and he was like this that's the N word for Italians he was like oh um, but I think this is his brother, Governor Andrew Cuomo. Are you going to play it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, hang on. Governor Andrew Cuomo has a lot of people talking right now. Governor using the N word when talking about discrimination against Italian Americans. Uh, Times also said in an article the other day, <laughs> apropos of nothing, they were talking about it going back to the Italian Americans because you now have me. I, I read uh, the article, right. yep. The, they used an expression that Southern Italians were called, I believe they're saying Southern Italians, Sicilians, I'm half Sicilian, were called, quote unquote, and pardon my language, but I'm just quoting the Times, nigger wops. Oh, he just revels in saying that. Is it just me who thinks that he just loves, he just can't, the way you sort of, you know, oh, he really, really, he really builds up works on those vowels yeah. as well and drags them out, doesn't N-word. it? word <laughs> well, it's like when he was when he was he, he was really winding himself up to say that because yeah. he was like, you know, just quoting, but <laughs> yeah. bam, 
down. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like, did make it worse. That's, that's also sure. a compound noun for those who are keeping up. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not a generally used one, but... Um, <laughs> Not really. Neither is cunty cheesecake. Okay, I mean, is, is there a, can you say the N-word in any context these days? Or, or is, that, is that on the scrap heap... Never to be said again, along with the R word, retard, is, you know, is it, is yeah, it, retard's is it gone? gone is it? I like retard, spastic though. Spastic as I well. Thought you were I, was, I was, you know, I used to quite like rolling, the, rolling the word spastic around my mouth. Yeah. Uh, rolling spastics <laughs> in my mouth. I, mem- uh, I remember, actually, it's funny you bring this up, and I, I had no idea you were going to bring it up, but I remember one show, uh, I don't think I ever said it again, but I said, like, isn't it funny how, like, the N word, like, there's new words which are just as bad, like retard. But let's be honest, who's afraid of a gang of retards? <laughs> <laughs> like, retards, lives oh, matter. Brilliant. I don't think so. You know, it was just like, so I just, <laughs> just kept swapping the word. I might do it again, actually. That I was pretty good. It was, it was quite amusing. But, um, no, it is true that there's, there's words now which are just... Can't be used in context. You know, there's, but, <sighs> there's no context, is it? Like, uh, I, I, mean, I mean, the N-word, since I think we're saying it that way... Uh, you can say it if you want, but I'll bleep it out. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's very contextual, isn't it? Like, obviously, black people, by black, and I don't even like the term black people really because I think it's a little bit too general, but, you know, like, it's being used uh, as a way to say that word can no longer oppress me. So mm-hmm. I'm now going to reinvent the word in the. What's the word? Uh, I don't know. But as anyway. A ter- as a ter- like a term of endearment. Yeah, if you like. So, yo, N word. So, yeah. well, though, funny enough, yo. I believe actually started with the Italians, not uh-huh. not not uh, not the Afro Americans or whatever. But um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously that's a very specific context, mm. and obviously you know you will see, particular you know, uh, Afro American comedians in particular are very open to use it. But then again, so have quite a number of non Afro American comedians have used it as well. And mm. there's a question about whether they and and they've got away with it. I mean, Louis C.K. obviously. Uh, has a whole bit on it. Obviously, now he's in a slightly, you know, mm. delicate area. But you know, at the time, no one actually said that was wrong. No one actually questioned right. it. Uh, maybe that just proves that if you're funny, funny always triumphs offence. Yeah. I think that's also the other thing. If it's funny, then how can it be offensive? Was it, was it George Carlin who did the seven the seven words that you can't say? It was like N word, Jew, blah blah, what blah. I no, I don't think Jew is in that list. You can yeah, say no, Jew. it might not have been Jew. Not in a derogatory term. Well, it's funny, but it's, it's a really good bit. Jew, Jew is the accurate term and the derogatory term. Yeah. So yeah. it's always yeah. kind of weird. What is, the, what is this anti-Semitism going on these days? I mean, I hear it a lot on the internet now. Like, the Jews are, bl- are to blame for everything. You know, you know I... You're a J word, aren't you, James? Hmm? You're a J word. I'm a Jew. No, Are you Jewish? No, I think I'm just saying. You told me you were on the show just, last week, so, so I could say it. Well, I'm the same as you, Chris. I've got. You I'm know, a quarter Jewish. Yeah, I've got oh, London right, okay. ancestors that go back to yeah. like you know probably Jewish roots. And you're only you're Jew in the family. Got to be on the mother's side. Name's so, Newman, yeah. so it sounds yeah. very Jewish, doesn't uh, it? And I think they changed the U to an E. Right. Late in later generations, I reckon. It, it's funny actually because. I had heard about what you're talking about, anti-Semitism, and I was in London over, su- over the summer. I was on the tube, and there was uh, a, a Jewish guy, and I say Jewish guy in as much as he looked pretty damn orthodox. You know, like, he certainly had a couple on, may have had, like, the, 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 the curled hair and stuff like that. And this guy... So that, this guy threw a newspaper at him and said, shut the fuck up. 
and he was like, he said, like, what you fucking, like, you fucking can't, like, stop looking at me, you, you know. And then there was, and then it was a huge thing on the train. Like everyone was defending the Jewish guy was the interesting thing. Yeah. And whether that was anti-Semitism, I'm not 100 percent sure, but you know, it probably was. I mean, it was very odd. So I, I mean, that was something that I just happened to see. Now that you mention it, but I mean, over it, over and above that, I don't. Hitler's always sure. going to be a hard act to follow, isn't he? But I think you know, it's <laughs> he, wasn't the, he wasn't the best stand-up. He was up there, but he wasn't the best. Oh, he got, he got a big turn. I think Hitler gets a bad rap, you know. Well, no, <laughs> I'm, I mean, jo- I'm joking. Mean, it's, it's very, you know, it's very uh, it's sensitive, you know, to, to talk about uh, anti-Semitism. But there, it's out there, isn't it? There's I, I, I wonder if he was on. Uh, LSD, but you're talking about one res- of those uh, acidic Jews. Oh, is that what they call? <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> is it Jews. acidic or hasidic? Acidic. Oh no! I'm ashamed to say you did my workshop now. But anyway, I just made um, it up now. Uh, no, that. I'm just fucking kidding. But um, but is there a resurgence then? Is that is that yeah, a given? Well, on, on, well, I think YouTube. Speaking? I think YouTube has, has well, given rise of truth. Yeah, it's, given, it's conspiracy nuts. Conspiracy theories that the world's being controlled by the banks and major yeah. organisations, which yeah. are run from some um, shady Jewish puppeteer. Mm. When the truth is a lot more worrying that nobody knows what the fuck's going on and no one's mm. in control. And George Soros, he's, in, he's not a Jew. George Soros, he's not a Jew, is he? He is. He's oh, is he? He sounds yeah. rather Jewish. Um, well, let's let's think of when you know this rise of uh, you know uh, the uh, rise of this uh, uh, Nazi Party in Germany and, mm. and then the fall of the Nazi Party. The, those ideologies don't go away. It's not like we just toss this ideology in the mm. fire and it's all of a sudden gone, like the Library of Alexandria. They're just hiding. It's out there, there and, in and the it, shadows, and, and they know that they they had their rise. And now they're just kind of sitting there, maybe hoping these people, characters like Trump, and yeah, that that, that stoked that fire again, and they're able to come out of this woodwork that they've been yeah. sitting. You've got Farage in in England, who's I mean, he's not he's not a Nazi, but he's right wing. Yeah. And then you've got he's uh, a cunt. apparently, he's yeah, a he's cunt. a he he's is a cunt. cunt, but apparently cheesecake in cunt, a cheesecake one. <laughs> apparently in um, Germany, that these right wing parties are. are are really rising again now as well to do with this immigration. I mean, yeah. it's out of control, though. Isn't it? I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that cries immigration. We're, we're all being. Have you heard of the white? Oh man, what was it? Something to do with uh, there's a conspiracy theory that that the whiteness is being bred out of us <laughs> by oh by through immigration. No, it's it's stupid. It's really stupid. Uh, it's something to do with like Muslim caliphate and the whiteness is being bred out of all of us. There's like conspiracy theories online. But um, so anyway, things like that are giving rise to these right wing um, parties in uh, Germany and France, I think, because they're the two. I mean, Sweden. Well, I mean, even in England, the rape, the raping of young kids in these towns, you know, it's pretty it's real. But well, anyway, there, there's, let's, there's, let's there's not, a guy yeah, who works down in Pattaya who keeps uh, sharing these stories of Asian men or, you know, um, Middle Eastern men raping um, British girls, mm-hmm. teenage girls. In, in northern towns, yeah. In well, northern in Luton, towns. Yeah. And I thought, dude, you're in Patea. How many old Western dudes are raping more or less women. raping yeah. Thai teenagers in that town around you? You know, it's... it's oh, that's so true. Yeah, and you don't yeah. see it. They don't see it, you know. Um, a town built on that kind of, you know, yeah. manipulation, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's awful, but you know, it's it's not just you know it works both ways. Mm. Well, I think I think I mean what I remember years ago 
on my uh, sociology degree, we talked about the reaffirmation of nationality. And I think that's what, what's really happening with, mm. with the immigration, is that it's affirming a new sense of nationality and patriotism. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, taking a pretty Marxist viewpoint, or left-wing viewpoint, as in traditional, not identity politics for that matter, traditional left kind of, uh, you know, it, it's fantastic to blame immigrants versus mm. blaming the people that have all the fucking money. <laughs> I mean, it, it's yeah. just classic. Oh, that's a great point. It's yeah. just absolutely classic. I mean, it's just standard, you know, like, wh- why Why you, you know... I mean, does a country have a limited number of resources based upon what it, you know, what it has? Yes. You know, like, you know... And I think the important thing Health is Health service to, and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think... But the problem, and I think this is a problem that goes way beyond what we're talking about, <laughs> is that you can either... Oh, we live in a society or world where we can only be one way or the other. So you, you can't say what I just said about, oh, isn't it very convenient to blame immigrants versus, you know, the capitalist system or those with the, have all the money and stuff. And yet you could also say in the same breath, but maybe we still need to maybe, maybe we still need to consider numbers of immig- immigrants coming into any given place because of the limited resources when the structure that we have but no one says that anymore. Now it's yeah. either you're either pro-immigration or you're anti-immigration. You can never be anything in between. And that applies to every fucking thing in society yeah, nowadays. Yeah, great point. You have to be completely... Fully left or fully right. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and then that's the thing, like, as I was saying, like, when I, was, when I studied sociology, uh, it, identity politics were almost frowned upon. You know, it was very much a traditional economic kind of basis of of uh, understanding nowadays you look at the guardian it's all identity politics it's nothing about class you know it's like so the left is completely or let's say the mainstream or the loudest voice of the left let's put it that way is just completely different to what it was just a few years ago i would say it's so it's moved so quickly it's it's really quite absurd actually so the great replacement they call it it's it's basically um the white genocide or white extinction or white replacement conspiracy is a white supremacist belief that there is a deliberate plot often blamed on jews to promote mis 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 and miscegenation, mass immigration, racial integration, low fertility rates, abortion, government, governmental land confiscation from whites, organised violence and elite limitationism in supposedly white-founded countries in order to cause the extinction of whites through forced assimilation and violent genocide. And whose interest is that? Yeah. What, would, what would be the interest of that? Yeah, what? To what end? Yeah. Like, oh, I know, I've got this conspiracy. Why? Why, the, why would anyone want to do that? Why, you know, it's, it's just bizarre. Other than to reaffirm a sense of nationality slash ethnicity slash race, you know, which Mm. again, one may argue, only further perpetuates not blaming the true powers that be of... (coughs) And, and then we just come back full circle to that argument. So okay, well, it's very fucking let's heavy, look though. at. Like, I'm not condoning anything. I just want to say we always look at the two sides of the coin, right? Yeah. There are Thai people that say I will never cross over and date a Fulong. I want to date Thai. There are Chinese people who say I would never date a white person or a black person. I just want to date a Chinese person. It's all the way around the world yeah. to preserve your culture, to to keep you know to to be within your circle of friends and family and what you're accustomed to tribal yeah so again I'm, I'm not condoning this but I'm saying looking at two sides of the coin 
you have a black pride, you have an Asian pride. I've said this before. You have all these prides out there, and everybody's like, "Yeah, you go be Asian. Yeah, you go be black." Are the Asian yeah. supremacists about? <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, why can't? Yeah, why, they're the fucking Chinese. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, well, they're I mean, in the world right joke. now. <laughs> as long as you aren't impeding on. And being, you know, as they say, what is it? It's uh, where you go out and act on your racism. It's prejudice. I really thought you were, go- really thought you were going yeah. to then say, "What's the difference between that and white pride?" Isn't that what I'm getting? Okay. I'm, I'm getting to that okay. direction. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why can't you? Why can't not as far as white? But I mean, you could say German. You could say, you know, yeah. So, they, there's this it's collective. Wrong. There's a collective it's thing as, for, as far as yeah. saying right. It feels <laughs> wrong to be patriotic, doesn't it? These days, it feels like. Patriotism is associated with right, right-wing thinking. I don't feel any national pride whatsoever. Well, that's a different story about, altogether, you know, isn't you know, it? But, <laughs> yeah. No, because of this, you're not allowed to. You, you, you right, feel okay, guilty yeah, if you yeah, do. Yeah, okay. you know, it's, it's a, I thought you were just talking about what a mess our country's in. No, no, no. Yeah. It's a change, a shift in my. You know, the rugby was playing uh, yesterday, and we won. Apparently, mm. you know, a few years ago, mm. I would have been following that, and I would have felt great. Yeah. Now I couldn't really give a shit. Yeah. It's funny actually because uh, comedy is actually one of the rare areas where no one questions or think there's anything wrong with the fact that you might want to see a comedian from your own country. Mm. And right. is that it's not exactly patriotism, but you know it's certainly a kind of national affinity, mm. um, nationality affinity. And I, I don't think anything there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, you know, is there wrong in supporting a football team? Well, I mean, there's a very violent past, as we all know. He's a Millwall fan football, as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, fucking hell. Football in the UK, for that matter. Um, but we're talking... There's something else, isn't there? There's, there's something very nasty as well, potentially. I remember going back in the day, in the early days, going to the den, the old den. And oh, um, I weren't really there for the football, you know? I, I was there for the buzz. You the there for a fight? The, the, yeah, the tribal... Um, the release of... You know, Did you put an axe in someone's head? Or? I saw a guy set on fire next to me oh, once. No way. They set a dude on fire. He had one of these, you know, the, the snorkel jackets? They call it with the furry hoods. Oh, Do you remember those? Parkers. Parker jackets. Are you saying yeah. that his whole body was on fire? Uh, he, no, they set the coat on fire. Okay, but did, he, his, did his whole body go on fire? No, he, he, I mean, ran, he rolled on the oh, ground and it God went out. You know, he didn't actually die there. No, I, when you said they put him on fire, <laughs> I thought you meant like they threw yeah. petrol on him or something. and then just Yeah, like I mean, they tried Flicked to, a switch. Yeah. Have you seen um, this? Is America's first football hooligan? The hardest working man in the game. That's me, Diablo. Yeah. You understand what you got, brother? You think it's all a game? That's all I gotta say about now. Derek Diablo Alvarez made waves online for uploading. He speaks with an English accent. Unusual videos, calling out firms from Millwall, Chelsea, and Lincoln. Claiming he was part of a firm called the Miami Casuals. Getting <laughs> absolutely seen off in the comments section for doing so. Mr. Millwall, so-called. Mr. Hooligan, so-called. Mr. Top Boy. He hosts his own cooking show called Hooligan Kitchen. If you want to be a hooligan, you got to eat like a hooligan. And all the while, he brags about his own firm out in Miami. Millwall, how do you like it? The only problem? Miami doesn't have a football team yet. And Derek has never been to Britain. Once. Just think of yourselves as coaches in my American hooligan league, brother. And I'm not sure he really likes football. <laughs> think it. Uh, it's he, seven he, minutes. He's, just, like he's just having a laugh. Isn't yeah, it? It's it's good sounds like he's just trolling. He's, yeah. he's yeah. not. He's got really? all the Sergio Ticini jackets oh, and the gazelles and the sambas. Uh, fucking, that's seven minutes long. It's I think, super good. I think really what it, it, it calls in the question: What is the difference between, you know, maybe supporting your football team non-violently? Mm-hmm. 
you know, loving your country, you know, because most people do have an affinity for where they're from. Mm-hmm. Um, there is obviously love for one's country in that sense. That versus some nasty fucking patriotism. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not the same thing. Yeah. I mean, on Oscar Wilde said, like, you know, patriotism is a virtue of the vicious. I only know that from The Rock because Sean Connery said it. Right, um, yeah. So I'm not trying to sound too smart or anything. But, you know, so, I mean, there, there is something in that, you mm. know, and it's because in that movie you had Ed Harris's character who was just, like, trying to do some crazy shit because, yeah. he, because he sees himself as a patriot. Yeah. So, like, there's something well, uh, very well, different there. Uh, well, that's, that's interesting, Chris, because what is the di- you, you just said then what's the difference between just loving your country and then and then this this violence and and the terror and all that and i often think it's so, it's obviously it's something that's happened in your history quite often maybe you know you're an iraqi guy who's seen american forces come and bomb the shit out of you maybe yeah. your your father was killed by a and right. so now you yeah. hate but I, I often think it you, it's it's circumstantial you sound like you just did that n-word thing with the word you just like really said it with, with like. Um, <laughs> I'll beep it out. No, but uh, as I was thinking a little bit, what, what I mean, it, it mostly has to do with feeling comfortable. You know what I mean? If you have to yeah. feel, you feel comfortable around your own type that you associate with. It could be not even your own race. It could be groups of yeah. people. Evolution. Because even I've worked in a few international schools now, and and even though all of us teachers speak English together. The Filipinos will sit with each other. The Americans will sit with each other. The British will sit with each other. And, and you might have a few pockets. Yeah. The Lao or the Thai will sit in their own groups. And that's just, it's not racism. And we want to say, we want to say, well, why don't they come in? Cynic? It's just well, comfortability. You know what I mean? And it, it, yeah. there's no, nothing harmful. It's a common, common background. Well, it's yeah. evolution, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, when, say, when, uh, when you go back to tribal days and caveman, well, later than caveman day, days, if someone turned up from another tribe, he was probably going to kill you or rape your wife or, you know, steal your, your food or something. It was bad news if someone from a neighboring tribe turned up at your, in your area. So I, I think it's, it's probably left over from, you know, some kind of evolutionary Does thing, don't you think? Birds remember, of a feather flock together. Indeed. I remember there was uh, this argument, and I honestly can't remember who said it, but it was kind of like, so everyone loves your immediate family the most. Then you love your kind of secondary family cousins, mm. you know, secondary to that. Then you love beyond that. Then you love your neighbours beyond that. Kind of, you know, and then you love your friends beyond that. And it's kind of like this kind of vicinity argument of racism, of kind of like, well, uh, surely you will be close. But honestly, I, I, I don't really feel that works either. And I also feel that there's a huge difference between, you know, I mean, I like talking to British people because, and especially people from London, because we have something in common. That doesn't mean that I'm a patriot, and it doesn't mean that I'm racist, obviously. So, like, there's such... And I think a lot of it comes down to kind of what you're saying about something bad happening, but just if you're comfortable in yourself, I don't think you're going to be that. If you're a decent person, if you're happy, I don't think you're going to be a complete cunt. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Yeah, hurt hurt people hurt people, don't they? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. but it's just, uh, like, just having something in common with someone you know some shared uh shared history or shared love of tv or you know that i think that brings people together a lot doesn't it we're yeah. losing a lot of that now don't you feel that you know oh, yeah. that back in the day we would oh, netflix we'd all days. be in london yeah, or yeah. you'd be in leeds and we'd sit in front of the the, the yeah. tv with our Absolutely. tv dinners and watch the same you know two or three um dramas you know soaps eastenders mm. or whatever 
But now we're all in our own yeah. little bubbles with our telephones, watching our own individual <laughs> YouTube channels or, mm. you know, uh, messaging people. We, mm-hmm. you know, there's less of that, you know, adhesion now with society yeah. and with media. Yeah. And, 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 and now groups are forming online. Now you can find people online like, you know, if you're a, if you're a you know, transgender person who likes My Little Pony... There's, well, that's there's a group good. for you. Like there's you a group for you online, choice. right? Yeah, you you yeah. can find people, but it's different because you're not in group. proximity. I'm going to start that group. Well, today. The, uh, uh, when Kathy came home, came out, I think in the maybe the late '60s, half the nation watched that because it was the drama to watch. There were like two channels. Was it at yeah. the time? Yeah. Was it three, three probably three, three, maybe. And what, so what was that? It, it basically home? it was BBC, wasn't it? I like can't remember. they had basically had a drama. I think every week or something mm. like that or, and basically that was the thing to watch and consequently yeah. millions and millions and millions of people in the UK would just all switch that on I mean, yeah and yet as like James EastEnders uh, Angie and Dirt, when well, Dirty Den a and lot more Angie than e- on EastEnders a lot, like 40 a lot, million a lot more than EastEnders for that matter. I mean th- this would be because there was nothing else to watch at that time but, but yeah and, and now we're just in our own worlds we just uh, and virtual communities um, arisen yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's funny because they're virtual because they're not, you're not physically there, but they're not virtual in the sense of, I mean, they are a community. They're re- very real in that sense. They're just virtual and they're not, yeah. it's the physicality. Yeah, I, I, think, I think in some ways for certain people in our society, the, the internet has been a godsend. For others, it, it's, it's alienated them. For, but for some people, especially with niche interests or, or perhaps, you know, incels or... Uh, and we'll get to the Joker later, but you know, people who who struggle in society, I think the internet has benefited them a lot. But for society as a whole, but the problem in, is, sorry to butt in, I no, just, no, just had a little quick thought that it may, you know, um, help them initially yes. find their niche. Yeah, that's exactly. But they're yeah. not doing what they should it's do, perpetu- going out which is socialise and actually meet right. people. If you're a very introvert, that it's perpetuating you to continue to be right, introverted. Right, yeah. You have actually, to put yourself yeah. in awkward situations, yeah. you know, if you find social situations difficult. The best remedy is to do more of it. So do you, <laughs> do you think this could be affecting society in the aspect that everybody's offended nowadays is because they see things oh, online, God. they like these groups, they're in these groups where they talk about Can only I, things that they, outside, they yeah. want to, they want to, you know, associate with and like liking Facebook pages and stuff like that. And then when you get into real life and you meet people who are different from you, they don't know how to react. Oh, your safe space. Well, talk yeah. about trigger warnings. Can I um, talk amongst yourselves? But I've got this democratic socialist thing. We'll, we'll play that. John, have a listen. We'll keep, oh, keep talking. I'll find it. Will we be offended? N- Hopefully so. Um, well, you'll be offended at how much of a snowflake these people are. It's just they're absolute fucking... I mean, it's... it's it's a wonder they ever get anything done. Listen to this. Well, that music's right. offensive. Hey, that's our show opening there. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, let me set this up. So, this is the Democratic Socialist Party of America. I like the way you were genuinely offended by that, but anyway, go on. No, well, it's not. It's, it's, a, it's a loop, actually. It's not, it's not actually my music. But, um, so, who are the... I don't even know who the Democratic Socialist Party of America are, but there's some kind of organisation who basically are snowflakes. Uh, weirdos. Um, so, listen to this. It's quite long, but we'll stop it and butt in when, when they say funny things. Listen to this. First of all, in this room, I see that no one's clapping for me. It could be because I'm not engaging, but it also is because everyone's doing this. Doing that. Instead of clapping, 
uh, they're waving their hands above yeah. their you head. You can't clap. They're, they're wriggling their fingers. What if you're yes. deaf? Exa- well, I guess you can see it. No, if you're deaf. What if you're blind and deaf? No, you can still see things when you're deaf, Chris. Oh, sorry. I meant... Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm so stupid. I meant, what if you're blind? Blind and <laughs> deaf. What if you're blind? Oh, yeah. Blind. If you're blind, you can't that, even that, see That's it. against them, isn't it? Like, so exactly. They could hear, that, they, they're not being inclusive. If you were being... Yeah, you're, being, you're excluding blind people. Bastards. Because if you clap, you would hear it. Oh. Uh, quick point of privilege. Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. Um, guys, uh, first of all, James Jackson, Sacramento, he, him. Um, I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. There's a lot of whispering and chatter going on. It's making it very difficult for me to focus. <laughs> a lot of whispering. Please, can we just... I know it's we're all fresh <coughs> and ready to go, but can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you. <laughs> Point of personal privilege. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to, guy. to address everyone. He, him. I have already asked people to be mindful of the chatter of their comrades to sensory overload and that goes double for the heckling and the hissing it is also triggering to my anxiety like the be comradely doesn't just isn't just for like you know let's keep things civil or whatever it's so that people aren't gonna get triggered and so that it doesn't affect their performance as a delegate okay your need to express yourself is important but your need to express yourself should not trump or over like, express yourself is not more important than other delegates' ability to perform. Thank you. Why do they call each other comrades? Because they're fucking communists. Such because they socialists. can't. No, because you're not allowed to use gendered language, you know. Uh, can I reiterate that we, uh, for the sake of our comrades who have sensory issues, comrades. refrain from hissing, loudly shouting out your opinion on a vote, or waving banners and signs. Yes. Uh, I just want to remind people to watch their tone of voice while discussing this very heated topic. Um, I noticed that some of the individuals from the disability working group were looking incredibly stressed out and po- possibly on the verge of tears. But uh, keep keep in mind, focus on the content of what you're saying and watch the tone that you say it with. I, I honestly, it sounds, sounds like a noise to me. Like, it's very difficult to even latch onto anything on that. Oh, you can't actually hear anything? No, no, I can hear it, but I just mean it's, it's just kind of almost meaningless. Like, yeah. It's just like random words. Said, yeah. Almost said in no order. Like, it's, it's mm. very weird to listen to. Like. What's your point, is what you want to say, isn't it? It sounds yeah. like it was just between sessions, maybe. And they were just no. Filling, people are stopping filling, the show, James. Space. People are stopping the show, standing up and saying, "Excuse me, trigger warning." Uh, they're stopping the fucking show, man. It's, oh, well, it's they're, really they're wriggling their fingers. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Stand up. Yeah, okay. I mean, Jesus. A spin of privilege, okay. please. Which I do not believe that a, um, a someone identifying as a man should be the one to call the question, since this is work that primarily uh, um, affects identifying uh, non-men folks. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Point of privilege? Yes, ma'am. Well, I totally respect the courage um, the comrade had when they spoke about the trauma. I would like to ask people to please use trigger warnings. Point of personal privilege? Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I know that I am not the only one times that I've spoken. I've had other comrades thank me but i have had to leave this floor several times from the gendered language uh, 
I am being excluded when the floor is addressed as guys. Please use comrades. Uh, yeah, it's like we're going to sanitize the world so much that we're left with boring, sanitary, grey people who who are, who can't they, they, they can't they can't fucking sit through a seminar and not be offended because somebody says guys you know they can't handle clapping they can't fucking handle it these fucking people they can't handle the guys they can't handle the clapping they can't handle the noise they can't handle t- uh, too much light too much sound in, in one I, I stopped playing it but in one they're talking about not wearing too strong a perfume in certain areas because it because well, it offends some it's people it's become what an the activity fuck? isn't it to be offended it's become an activity that people like recreational to participate, outrage participate in and enjoy they like getting offended so they look for situations where they can be offended and then the kick, I think, the actual, you know, the, the, the rush of dopamine or endorphin comes when you actually complain and then there's a release, you know. That, I think that's something people enjoy and I think they always have done, you know. Little old women who live down the street used to kind of enjoy being offended, you know, in a way, because well, the, then they got to tell you <laughs> off. <laughs> the old kits. Well, the, yeah. well, two, things I like, two things I'd like to say about that. Number one, fellow Brits will certainly know Mary Whitehouse mm. and obviously... You know, saying what are the sensibilities of decency of what to say and not to offend was traditionally of the sphere of the right. So it was very much a right-wing uh-huh. thing to say, you shouldn't say that because it's offensive and it doesn't suit our suitabilities, yeah. or sensibilities, rather. Whereas now it seems to be said more by the left. And I feel that in that sense it's become incredibly infantile. Like, and... Aff- if you want to talk about offence, I think it's offensive that you're saying that people cannot handle their own shit. Mm. You know, like, you're saying... You, a lot of people are speaking for other people these days. And it's like, you know, can't... Why, why do you... It's not your problem. You know, why, maybe you should just, con, you know, concentrate on yourself, you stupid fuck. Slight segue, but it reminded me of something a little mm. bit. And uh, in the UK, there was a comedian that was uh, contracted to perform at a university. I don't know if you heard about this. And they gave him an agreement. And basically, I won't read all of it, but the agreement basically says, this contract has been written to ensure an environment where joy, love, and acceptance is reciprocated by all. By signing this contract, you are agreeing to our no-tolerance policy with regards to racism, sexism, classism, ageism, ableism, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, or anti-religion or anti-atheism. All topics must be prevented in a way What's that's left? respectful and kind. It does not mean that these topics cannot be discussed, it, but it must be done in a respectful and non-abusive way. Now, the problem, of course, is that's completely subjective, yeah. and it doesn't call in any question of where irony comes in, which yeah. is obviously the very crux of comedy. Yeah. So, like, if someone is saying something racism, racist to highlight the absurdity of racism and inherently being ironic with its meaning does that pass muster? And I think it doesn't. Mm. That's the problem. So consequently, you can't really say anything. Mm. And the, the, I know the comedian actually declined to do the gig. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, we live in a, a very strange, uh, yeah. very strange world. But, and, and I'm not even talking about today, though, Chris, but I'm talking about a, a future. A future, if we carry on down this path, where 
we're all going to die of climate change, aren't we? If we uh, in the next <laughs> thirty years, um, if, if we believe uh, these guys, you know, and I don't think it's, it's such a bad thing. I don't think it's such a bad thing that if we die. Race, years, yeah. no, if, the, if the human race, you know, discontinues, we come to a stage in history where we don't really know who we are, mm. what gender we are. We're offended by everything, um, with no real threats, you know. Yeah. Threat, threats of starvation, you know, first um, third world problems, you know, threats of uh, war, you know. We've replaced these threats with imaginary threats. I love it. That's so interesting. What a great point. Are we like this because there is no war, there is no starvation, foods, everything's too easy, yeah. so now we're looking for shit. We need to fill to that gap somehow. Yeah. Well, there's know. always got to be something. It's got to be Russia or China or something, isn't there? We need a ha- ha- Haven't you guys noticed the amount of mass protests that are happening right now yeah. around the world? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're now not, we're, no, we're not fighting each other anymore. We're fighting ourselves because there's nothing left to fight out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no Hitler out we're there. Eating there's ourselves. no... There's no nation. In, I mean, in the past, you know, when Russia invaded, you know, Georgia, you had that crisis. And but I mean, there's no real threat. So Saddam Hussein now, and now, Bin Laden. There, now is, there is a real threat. The fucking elites. We should go after the them. Jews. We eat the rich. But, <laughs> like they um, say, it's uh, div- divide, divide and conquer. They just divide the population yeah. Yeah. and and, yes, and, and yes. take take the money. Divide and conquer. Someone made a good point. I mean, at first, I, I, I haven't really recently sided with the, the left and Democrats of the United States, but someone made a good point. They're like, well, what Bernie Sanders wants to tax, you know, 97% or whatever. And the guy's like, look, why doesn't the millionaires, for every dollar they make, t- tax them three cents? The amount of wealth that, that that will do will do so much for the population. And, and, you know, and that's three cents to every dollar that they make. You know what I mean? And it does make sense. Why, why can't they do that kind of stuff? You know what because I mean? Because now they're getting away with paying nothing, you mean? They Almost. pay zero. There's they tax breaks and all, all this. All this. That's why the Jeff Bezos of the world, they're, they're, they're <laughs> filthy rich because... It's just disgusting. Nobody needs to be a billionaire. People don't need to have that much money. And when they do get that far, you know... Um, it's all about keeping what they have, building like fake charities and NGOs, influencing to hide politics, money, influencing yeah. politics, um, offshore tax havens. You know, why not just pay your fucking tax? And, and nobody's happy with just year on year everything being the same. Everything's got to grow every year. Every company, every economy. Like, uh, I sh- how is that sustainable? I just don't understand. You know, surely something. Well. I know what's happening. There's a transfer of wealth, isn't there, from... Well, that, that's what Greta Thunderberg said, wasn't it? Thunderberg. Thunderberg. What was her name? <laughs> Thunbags. <laughs> Thunberg, I think. Shit, I can't tell anyway. Thunbags, yeah. But no, but her point was... Uh, well, how did it say her name? Just for the... For the fuck Greta of it? Thun- Thunberg. Thunberg. Yeah. No, she made the point... She said something like, your ridiculous, endless economic growth. Yeah. As being... And, you know... It, She's right. It's absolutely... She was right about a few things. Absurd, you know, that kind of... Uh, but, uh... Well, I mean, I think we're moving quite a lot into class, so we could move into a film that's certainly oh, quite a bit to do with class. Yes, yes. There's American one. Pie. Yeah, that's the one. Um, sorry. <laughs> road Trip. It, <laughs> See, it started with Road Trip, It did, it? It did actually one, start not, yeah, not with American Road Trip, pie. and then Due Date, and uh, Borat, and yeah, this dude, Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips, what a... F- do you know what? Just seeing... The amount of shit that Wakim is that how you spell it? Is that how you say Wakim? Wakim Phoenix one, right. is getting we uh, through doing these interviews with people putting these stupid questions. You said you were saying it, weren't you? Why? Why? You know, people are saying, do you somehow feel responsible for you know um, 
sort of rousing these these uh, um, people, you know, to violence and all that. And he was like, no, the the, the film is not a it's not a, a so it's not a political statement. It's just a, an origin story for a for a. A bad guy. Well, there is, it, may, it, may, it may not have been intended, and I don't believe yeah. it, it wasn't intended to be. I mean, it was a political statement. Yeah. Phillips said himself that he was sick of doing comedy because he's always being put under the spotlight and made uh, to feel as if he's, you know, he, he, he's sick of the social justice warriors, basically. So what does he do? He comes out with a film like Joker, yeah. which in, is... Out the frying pan into the fire. Massive kind of satire, in my mind, on mm. the current status quo. Um it's mm-hmm. about poverty, mental illness, white males who, you know, and I, I related to this. I watched it a second time. Myself and you guys uh, watched it the first time, and uh, Jugs watched it two times now, I think. Um, you go back with Spikey. I went back with Spike and watched it on uh, Saturday, I think. No, recently, anyway. Uh, Friday, maybe it was. Um, and there's so many layers to that film. Um, that it's uh, you know it's difficult to do. Did justice you spot to. some things that you missed the first time? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't have to go into it, but yeah. the the no. I, I'll let I'll let Chris continue whilst I gather my thoughts. Cause yeah. I'm trying to, so trying Chris, to our, our, our lovely guest. Um, so well, go on. Just give us your thoughts on the film generally. Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I think everyone agrees that it's a unquestionably brilliant performance by King mm-hmm. Phoenix. Um, Everyone, I mean, just everyone. Even if you don't particularly like the film, I think you're going to say that. Um, It's very interesting how, from an actor's viewpoint, uh, how the first dance that he does after the first killing in the bathroom was completely improvised. Apparently, Todd Phillips was just kind of like he. Apparently, he shocked all the crew. It's like shit. We better start filming this. It was just his truth that came through. Mm -hmm. You know, through movement. And uh, that's a very actory, artistic kind of thing. That it was just this movement that mm. was just there. Um, I think I don't. Well, I certainly don't think that it's like um, going to rout. What it, that this point is to rouse white straight men who aren't having sex, presumably, to like kill Violence. people. Yeah. I think I think that that's is absolutely yeah. absurd. Um, I think that the film completely unglamorizes violence uh i think that there are films that glamorize violence i don't think that those films make people do violent things either for that matter mm-hmm. but i don't especially don't i mean Mar- some of Mar- Scor- martin scorsese stuff you know i mean there's mm-hmm. it's hard not to see it it's i don't know how to put it it's fun almost you know fun violence, uh, i mean yeah, or something like or like the uh, like the football factory or something like that you know mm-hmm. there's a little bit of kind of you know, there's a bit of glamorization stuff. Yeah. I still don't think it makes people do violent things particularly, but um, this film I felt was the exact opposite. I think it was making violence look as horrible as it could be. Right. Um, ugly. It the was ugly. ugly. It, it was yeah. completely ugly. Like, when he beats that guy over the... F- when he comes, he comes into his flat and he beats him over the head with... All I can't remember it, what it was it, with. It shows, it. it shows you what does Sorry? motivate crime now, and, and poverty mo- motivates crime. The protagonist is very poor. He's looking after his sick mother. He's seeing a a social worker and that program's cut short and his medication mm-hmm. stopped these things promote crime you know yeah. uh, not not the film itself but the issues that the film dealt yeah. with well yeah. i think it's unquestionable that the one of the biggest uh, themes was mental health yeah. and the lack of funding for mental health yeah. which obviously was the case under reagan 
but I think it's kind of also the case sure. today, isn't it? So obviously, didn't, didn't Reagan like reclassify the mental health pe- men, the, the 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 barrier for mental health? And I think overnight, like thousands of basically mentally ill people were were thrown out on the streets and pretty told to fend ha- for themselves. Pretty much happened in the UK yeah, yeah. as well. The yeah. care in the community, care, exactly. John right. Major. Yeah. Well, basically, yeah. it was yeah. I mean, it's like oh. We think it's much better for people to be in the community for their care, oh. but but in reality, it's just to save money, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's just like I have to say, when I went back to London last summer, I saw I just saw a lot of people who were clearly had mental yeah. issues, like they were clearly special needs, and um, should should they, you know, should would it would it I don't know what's best for them, but I think what's what is interesting is uh, actually uh, an article in The Guardian stated that they, they, there's, The Guardian has written many, many articles about the Joker, for that matter. Mm, They've got yeah. two reviews, for that matter. One pro, one against, basically. And other articles. And one of the articles was about the way that somehow the, they, it's promoting the idea that mentally ill people are violent. And that, w- and they said that it's promoting a stereotype which isn't true. And I actually, I, I, think, I, I think I can bring it up. But the actual, I actually have a quote. You guys might want to talk for a second in between. Okay, I'll talk while, while you're bringing it up because it's not quite related, but it's it's more related to mental health and people being thrown out on the streets. Uh, I was I was watching this uh, short film on YouTube earlier. No, it's on Facebook actually. BBC Three film about this sort of semi kind of disabled girl who was, ba- you know, what cuckooing is. When, so when like, drug dealers take over a, a house of, like, a disabled or... So this isn't mentally ill, this is physically disabled? No, mentally, di- yeah, she was mentally disabled. Okay. It's called cuckooing. And basically a drug dealer or, or people who... It's not... They'll normally sell drugs from the flat of this uh, uh, special needs oh, person. Oh, I see what you mean. It's called yeah, cuckooing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but also... It's, it's not just drugs. Sometimes that people will just bang on their door and go in and drink and all that shit just in, in their home, basically. Yeah. And this disabled girl was basically just beaten to death. Um, it, it's on BBC Three, but just beaten to death by these people who, who had basically got into a life, got into a flat. Uh, they robbed her, beat her to death, and, you know. Well, I was... I was why? Tr- I was why? Tr- <laughs> you know, why would you do such a thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to diagnose Joker or Arthur the second time I watched mm-hmm. it and he's, he's, he's got a personality disorder right? mm-hmm. and I think it's what they call cluster B which is um, you know antisocial personality disorder paranoid social disorder um, there's a bit of schizoid personality disorder with, delusions, yeah. in, with delusions so it's a whole bunch and I think the category A is like you know um, narcissism and that, that kind of uh, you know um those kind of disorders which he obviously doesn't have you know he's very socially awkward he's not manipulating Mm. people well I I, well uh, what's his name Mark Commode uh, that you may know I'm sure you you may know Uh, he he said uh, narcissistic rage for that matter which I'm not sure I completely agree with you know the Joker well I think no way it's it's really complicated because I think that on the one hand he shows distinct qualities which aren't narcissistic he genuinely wants to connect with people not mm. just for some kind of ego but he genuinely wants that connection he genuinely wants to make people Acceptance. happy um, he feels misunderstood so mm. but at the same time I think there comes a point where it may be narcissistic rage so like when he actually makes the switch yeah that's 
he's, he's a narcissist when he's sat he, in the chair opposite De Niro. Not, he's but not you can be a narcissist and not have narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. So yes. you, can, you can still have narcissist rage without being categorized right. as right. Uh, narcissistic. Can I, can I interject MPD? here for a quick second? Why uh, don't film critics actually take it for a movie? The acting, they're taking all these things that they're actually critiquing is just it, it's small little aspects. I mean, if you think about the way it was filmed, the way the acting in the in it, I thought you know we we say that it's a nine ten out of ten, but they take the social constructs of it and everything. But and that, then that's they, what right. we're doing, isn't it? Isn't that what we're doing right now? But not in a critical way, though. Not a critical. We're, seeing, way. we're, we're just seeing our, pers- our our perspective on it, and I wouldn't, you know, I mean, on how we saw the film because everybody saw the film could have seen the film differently, and I don't know that you would. Would you hate a film? I mean, obviously some people did, but, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, well, I mean, you could. When I was watching, this, let's take Apocalypse Now, right? Um, fantastic film, one of the best films of the twentieth century. Does it promote violence? Do I really care? No. It's a beautifully shot film, a great script, and a nice yeah. cast. Same great as Bad location. Boys too. Um, yeah, I love Road Trip. I think Road <laughs> Trip's a great movie. Does it set a good re- uh, a good message to society? Mm. It's a little bit sexist, you know. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's a, a little bit you know um, masculine and muscular and these yeah. kind of things. But does that matter? No, but I it's just enjoy a movie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I've got that quote. Yeah, what was the quote? So the quote that The Guardian, one that really got me, was Arthur's descent into violence and destruction is triggered by his mental deterioration. We're not going to disagree with that. That's good, yeah. The result of this is to disappointingly remove Arthur's agency and divert oh, yes. attention from a potentially more stimulating conversation about wealth inequality and its responsibility for societal collapse, which is exactly what, what the movie was do. fucking about. So, like, how anyone... It's like, did they even see that movie? And it, you know, and the fact that, that harsh, and his yeah. his whole his his mentality, he go, basically goes he goes nuts basically when uh, when the mental health care is is removed. Well, well, well it's it, it's so kind of like a, a, an avalanche, crazy, uh, you know. Um, I can't I can't think of the word, but basically he gets beaten up, he loses his job, Snowballs. the mental health, yeah, snowball. The mental health gets taken away. He finds out the the truth about his history. Um, you know, how many times have we seen that the Every, abusers become? in his yeah. life lies to him and deceives Everyone. him from his mother to the chat show host I mean, to his co-workers he has nobody he can rely on talk about a spoiler but Jesus Christ when he finds out that I mean he was obviously sexually assaulted wasn't it as, as a kid very badly chained to a radiator while his mum did fuck all about it sexually was not not clear no, no but they intimated physically that. I, I think sure. they intimate sexual. I, I really do. I really well, I, do. I that, that's where that laugh comes from, isn't it? When I, you're under a really disturbing situation and there's no way to escape, all yeah. you can do is laugh. laugh and yeah. he probably heard from his mama saying, you know, you're in this world to make people happy and laugh whilst he's being tied to the fucking radiator. Mm. You know, the one thing I really it. noticed the second time was when he was on the chat show, for real, presumably for real anyway, um, he w- the way he spoke was very odd. It's almost like a child. And I think, I don't know if you remember it, that but the way true, he yeah. spoke was, I was, I was watching, I was trying to figure out what words to use to describe the way he was talking. And uh, I think incorrectly at one point, I thought maybe effeminate, but then I thought, no, no, he's not. No, no, he's just being child. He's back. just being childlike. And there was something, some, you know, it was kind of like, 
you know, you know, like kind of like you know, you don't understand oh, me. What's called Murray? Like, the, yeah, the, the, and it was oh, very, very. Murray. And yet he wasn't like that throughout the movie, mind you. But we have to take into consideration too that he was off his meds. Mm. Like this was full yeah. blown off his meds, and like he was, he was completely, he was completely off his rocker at this point, mm. and. Uh, and that's why, I, in my opinion, why his demeanor changed is he was absolutely, yeah. completely off his rocker. Yeah, I mean, was, it was, it, was there any delusions or fantasies of killing people in the beginning? I don't think so. It no. slowly developed to the point to the point where, like everything, he maybe he realized that what happened with that chick didn't happen for real because when he was sitting in the living room, just he's culminating of problems, mm-hmm. just made no. him just 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 absolutely. What, the, the, there was the scene where. His boss says to him about, uh, you know, you're, I'm going to take money out of your pay because of the sign. Right. Yeah. And then we then see him being very violent, like in a like an alleyway. Oh, right. And some people, and I, I didn't. Kick, yeah, and, I and thought he was I, kicking somebody. I, yeah, but, yeah. Well, that's the thing, and that we presume is in his head that he's maybe kicking his boss. Mm. Like that's well, the in, so, there's, so there's it, a vi- yeah. so we do see a violent yeah. something violent yeah. quite early on. Mm-hmm. I tell you, something quite interesting was uh, the joke that he said in the club. Because the joke he said, the last oh, joke, yeah. is a very well-known joke of Bob Monkhouse, which is a British... No one's laughing now. Uh, yeah. No one's laughing It's like now, uh, yeah. when I was... What was it now? When I was a kid, uh, I said I could be a comedian. Well, shit, what is it? I, I told I was a kid, I, wanted, I said I'd be a comedian. Everyone laughed at me. Yeah. Well, they're not laughing at me now. Right. Yeah. And Bob, and Bob, really and Bob Monkhouse... And when he said that, everyone laughed. Yeah. Now, whether he, also Bob Monkhouse said that at a time where comedy wasn't so strict in terms of who the ownership of it so whether that was really his joke or not i don't mm-hmm. know an old that could that could have been a pub uh, yeah it yeah, could have been a pub joke it could have been a vaudeville joke it could have been anything and he mm-hmm. may have because that because in the 70s in the uk there was a show called the comedians where people literally uh they'd have like a, a blackboard and write what they're going to say and i'm going to do the one about the irishman and the two dogs okay we're going to cross that one out so it's just you you just pick right. there was a complete collectivism yeah. collectivism of yeah, yeah, yeah. probably public domain isn't yeah, it complete now? public yeah, domain yeah. complete opposite of what it is now but it was just interesting that they used that joke and it's funny also because when he said it people didn't laugh and I guess the, the key difference there would be that he said it without any awareness without any irony mm-hmm. whereas Bob Monkhouse said it completely with irony yeah. so obviously that's why it's funny but, it was just, but it, it's uh, kind of funny that it's a stolen joke as did, it was did this movie have an extra meaning for you because of the stand-up element in it did, did I thought well I mean I kind of said like very you know sillily that you know it, it's clearly what this movie is saying that uh, all stand-up comedians are mentally ill <laughs> yeah um, which, right. you know but, and, and they are most well, of them but having said that there's a little bit of truth in that yeah. like a, a little bit you've got to be a bit crazy to be funny I think we're going to break in a minute Jordan a little bit I think in a couple of minutes I mean there's uh, okay. I mean I think at the very least we can say that Stand-up comedians have a drive to perform in front of people. I think that's unquestionable. And the mm-hmm. un- interesting thing... Where does that drive come yeah. from? Well, the interesting thing about you is that you... And I'm not just saying this to pimp my own workshop. You did my workshop, mm-hmm. performed once, and you didn't want to do it again. So Which is rare, with, isn't it? Well, it's not... It's happened. It's yeah. definitely happened. I mean, we've also had workshops where people... And actually, I've now very much made it clear that I kind of don't want people who just want to learn about... You know, public speaking and stuff like that. Like, I want people. that isn't what I want. I didn't want to learn about public speaking. No, I, no. I just did it once, and I was thinking, I'm not very good at it. Well, <laughs> so no, but I mean, but no one, you know, people. I didn't do badly though on the night. No, you didn't do too bad, but uh, like, I mean, you, you have to, you know, you know, over time, yeah. hopefully, you'd get better. Obviously, yeah. so 
Uh, but I mean, there's that, you know, so obviously there is a drive for stand-up comedians to perform for acceptance. Yeah. And I Definitely. think so there's a there's a theme there that we want and you know I don't I think in many way I'm I'm so I'm personally <coughs> so comfortable in front of an audience of strangers mm. it's kind of tell. it's yeah. kind of odd quite honestly like I mean it's like how can I be standing in front of 60 70 100 whatever people and that and and make that connection and obviously yeah. making that connection mm. is a huge part of the what makes someone a good stand up comedian is just mm-hmm. connecting to your audience obviously there are technicalities to that body language the way you speak and the jokes that you say but at the same time there's also just very much being in the moment and so forth and having that confidence and strength on stage mm. and all those things but uh yeah it's just you know do, do you take that that confidence into every other area of your life then do you, i mean when you're talking to girls when you do a bit of public speaking when you're in a you know bar surrounded by four or five guys and everyone's jostling for attention and do you well, find I, that uh your training kind of uh, yes and no i mean i'd say this much uh, and i say this to uh, to everyone who cares to listen but the thing about stand-up is that obviously for example with your references you don't want to say a reference that people don't know but basically uh you want to care about your audience but you also want to not give a fuck because that's what they want like if they see if they know you don't care as it were but you you do care mm. but if they know that you don't give a fuck they will like you for it. They will love you for it. You yeah. know? So it's kind of like, you know, almost the opposite of like Arthur Fleck. You know, obviously he mm. totally, get, you know, he just couldn't get in anywhere near that direction. But, you know, if I, if I say a new joke doesn't really work, might make some quip to, to get the audience back on. But they like seeing that, oh, whatever. Well, pe- people no like, worries. I think people like, people are naturally drawn to alpha males, aren't they? Yeah, you know, well, that's, um, that's exactly You it, know, yeah. people who don't, it's uh, it's endearing. People don't give a fuck. Let's have a two minute break. We'll come back. And alpha females yeah. for that matter, anyway. Yeah. And alpha females, yeah, or dykes as I like to call them. So, yeah, the Joker. Then, what final thoughts? We should. I don't know. Should we mention? Where we are today as well. Or should we do that afterwards? We'll, wrap, we'll, we'll do it yeah. in the wrap. We'll do yeah, it in yeah, the let's, wrap. Let's so final thoughts on Joker, James. You, let's start with JD. I, Sorry, I, JD. I thought it was probably the most uh, flawless movie I've ever seen. That's interesting. In my life. You know, there was, there was a couple of little flaws and they were a relationship. Mm-hmm. The girl next door. Some of that didn't work for me. I don't think you necessarily needed a love interest, but I know why there was one in there. Lots of people would just walk out. If the, people expect to have a love interest. I would have handled that a little bit differently. I found her implausibly um, beautiful for him. Exactly. I mean, it, it, you're screaming at us, why? No, that wouldn't happen. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't knock on someone's door and say, why are you following me? Or have you been following me? Then the guy says, yes, I have. And I've got a gun. And you smile. I know this is kind of in his head a lot of it, but just didn't work. Apart from that, every single scene, every line was um, essential to the movie. Right. And it was, um, there was a payoff for every line. Every scene, everything that happened had a... um, No fluff. It was narratively beautiful. Everything that's happened, happened for a reason. It had to happen. It had to happen at that time. Um, You know, it it was beautifully written. Yeah. Um, and wonderful performance by the uh, the main well all the cast actually mm. it was a small tight cast the shooting was not 
<coughs> that exuberant, you know, it was nice locations, well shot, nice angles, good five lighting. Million, five million budget. No CG. Um, all real effects. Um, it was a little bit, I think. Actually. I think 50 million. <laughs> Did he have pros- pros- prosthetic pros- prosthetics on? With his like hunchback, because because really that, that, that's all real effects. So, sorry, it? Chris, we'll we'll come to you for your final thoughts in a minute. But th- that's one thing I wanted to say, and I, we haven't said it on this episode yet. That the way he kind of almost morphed his body into like this kind of mm. almost gro- grotesque but beautiful, um, it's you know, like yoga. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I found it strangely appealing. The, the way he kind of moved and danced and, and with his, when he had his top off, the way he looked. And I, I don't know. Yes, yeah. it was like the original movie, which was Victor Hugo, The Man That Never Smiles or something, or The Man mm. That... Mm. The, the original black and white movie, which the Joker character is based on, was also acid? kind of grotesque. Right. No, I mean, before Batman, the character who right. the Joker comic book hero was based on. Do you, do you, do you think in, in the arc of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, he's going to fall into some acid at some point? Or do you think that's... No, they rewrote the original it's, story. It's, it's totally rewritten. Yeah, and it's right. better. Right, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Chris, final thoughts on the Joker? Uh, well, I mean, for, for one thing, absolutely what you guys have said, what James said, um, just one of the best films in the last 20 years I watched before that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood which I enjoyed very very much Mm -hmm. Um, probably not didn't have quite as much impact as Joker and before that I saw Last Blood which was absolutely atrocious oh really what is it I liked Stallone and I liked Rambo (laughs) but it was just it was so (laughs) awful it was almost laughable and I'm actually going to see the new Terminator movie tonight so my childhood will probably be destroyed that trailer looks <laughs> uh, but um, no I mean obviously the acting is uh, unbelievable I agree that it was a film without fluff uh, it, it was very tight in terms of uh, the lines mm-hmm. uh, the way it was written um, it wasn't very long what, was it it, it wasn't that long, long. It really wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't. But and, well, for one thing, whatever it was, it felt fast, mm-hmm. which obviously is a very good uh, sign. And I think it says more about uh, mental health and the lack of funding for mental health than probably anything else. Mm-hmm. Although obviously there is a class aspect, and I don't think it's going to. It's there to incite violence. I think that's absurd. It's kind of like the opposite of Batman and Robin, if you like. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It, not in that Batman and Robin incites violence but that movie I just happened to put it on the other day it's on Netflix it's just the most it was just so messy mm-hmm. right I mean it's kind of like good in a very camp way but it's so messy has, has Wackim um, ruled out uh, Batman DC no, Universe I think, movies I think he's I, I think he's on I think he's really? on I heard one. something else you know actually uh, the, the congressman there's a congressman in, in uh, The Dark Knight Rises is actually mm-hmm. Um, the father in in uh, in Joker. It's the same actor, right? So okay. the, so it can't. It, it certainly can't be a part of the uh, Christopher Nolan universe. Yeah. Not that yeah. it obviously is, but uh, so it's kind of funny that in both cases he's playing a pretty douchey character. But uh, no, I mean ultimately it's it was just uh, brilliant. I saw it twice. Uh, I have only done that for uh, Jurassic Park. And uh, <laughs> bad boys too. And uh, I think I'd actually, it, despite it being pretty bad, I saw Terminator <laughs> Genesis twice, just like because I happened to see it once yeah. by myself, for that matter. But um, and then once with my ex-wife. And 
you can't do that. But um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it. God, um, I did it for Queen. <laughs> I think I, I, did, I, I, I just I just think it's 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 just a, a brilliant mm-hmm. brilliant movie. I think everyone should see it. Um, I think people who don't like it, there's probably something wrong with them. Jugs, JD's got to go into uh, one minute synops, one minute summary. How do you feel about Joker? Uh, well, I thought, like I, said, I agreed with all of you. I think it's a it's a wonderful film, wonderful acting, great plot. And uh, the one thing that I um, like the most is you could take the movie where you wanted to take it. Mm. And that's where that's art, 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 art is yeah. supposed to be subjective. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's supposed Brilliant to point. have interpretations. Which brings me back to, yeah, people could take it negative. Because, I mean, mm. we look at a splash painting of just random colors and it's worth a million Jackson dollars Pollock, to yeah. other people when we think it's <laughs> shit. So uh, it's art. It's subjective. And... Um, yeah, it had a lot of uh, uh, connections to date now, now in life. Even though it wasn't in our time, it wasn't our time, but it had a lot of the problems that we face today, and kind of kind of hit home with people. So I, I think that could either take be taken positive or negative. I d- awesome. Just very briefly, like I think that's you're absolutely right. I mean, I think seldom have I seen a movie, especially in the cinema, relatively mm. recently, that I could sit there and say that was art. That, yeah, was, yeah. That, was, that was not just, enter- that's point, not just yeah. entertainment. It was yeah. craftsmanship as you know? well. It was yeah. art and craftsmanship. It yeah. was beautifully put together. But I mean, art and the kind of art versus entertainment kind of angle mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, you know, and obviously Martin Scorsese criticized uh, Marvel recently and stuff mm. like that. And, they, you know, he said they're like Theme Park Rise, which is kind of true. I so, like, I mean, I'm not, yeah, but I mean, they are what they are, but they're entertainment. No one's ever well, going to say they're art. Talking about art and entertainment, uh, today, we just happened to be hanging and uh, chatting in the comedy club. Uh, Soy 33 slash one to comedy club Bangkok. This is Chris's room. Uh, lovely. You've done a great job and a lovely paint work. Uh, very talented uh, painter uh, and a pretty decent comedian as well. Um, I didn't paint the room. <laughs> I thought well, you actually, said you gave it no, a No, no, I, I did. Well, I did years ago. I painted oh. the room with my uh, partner and creative co-director, Drew. We painted the side walls, but the last time we just had it painted, we got someone in to paint it. And uh, he did a very, very good job. Of course, now the ceilings are black. Everything's black. Mm. Plus, we uh, did the stairwell in like a kind of purpley color. Mm-hmm. So I think it just makes it a lot more intimate and theatrical. And we're all mm. for the kind of that aspect of, uh, of comedy sort of thing. But uh, nice. yeah, shows every Friday. By all means, come down. You guys have been down. I don't think you've, you've never been, right? No, yeah. No, but, I um, plan on it. Yeah. See you, uh, JD. JD's rough I, enough. I, I don't. I, I probably shouldn't say a specific show, but I don't know when this is going out. But we alternate usually between stand-up and improv. Yeah. So uh, I'll try and, and put this. Well, because because we got the Joker thing, I'll try and put it out this next this Wednesday coming. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, so we've well, got something coming up next okay, Friday. Well, we've got we've got improv against humanity uh, on the eighth, yeah. which is uh, obviously based upon cards against humanity improv comedy style. We take mm-hmm. suggestions from the cards, we take suggestions from the audience, and we make really fucking funny scenes. Is the idea? And the week after that, we have. Brendan Burns, who is meant to be one of the most offensive comedians, and uh, so funny, both of those shows are kind of have a kind of warning of offence in a way because that's the way they are. And do, you fun- have, do you ever get complaints from punters uh, about content? Not, not to. Uh, we had an open, we had an open mic uh, who had someone complain about once, and that's it. Not. Um uh, what's he called? Um. <laughs> no, no, I know it was that you mean. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> Rus- uh, Russian. What's he called again? 
No, Igor, yeah, I love no. Igor. But, but uh, yeah. no, no, but... Um, he did an N-word, didn't he? Uh, gosh, well, yeah, he'll do whatever he wants. <laughs> it's also very difficult, and I've, I've said to him, like, you know, the Ukrainian accent, everything sounds racist anyway. Yeah, I mean, it does. <laughs> it just, just yeah. does. But uh, now, at the end of the last show, I said, you know, like, give us good reviews if you enjoy the show TripAdvisor Google Facebook whatever and if you didn't you know, go fuck yourself so like you know I mean it's just kind of like that, <laughs> I it, say that on the podcast that's basically like. what it comes down you know like I mean you can't possibly I, I think very very few people come here and think like they don't you know they get what they expect basically you know they're here for comedy um, it's interesting because the comedian at the last show the, the guy that closed the show is a London based comedian uh, Dmitry Bakanov and he he felt he could be freer here than he could in London in terms of oh, content he could yeah. actually move more in terms of uh, being offensive because right. but the thing is offensive is a, is a strange word because if it's funny it's not really offensive I mean mm. you can be edgy but it's still funny it's not offensive it's edgy it's kind of a different thing yeah if you set it up the right way as well with some self-deprecation and then you, yeah you know it's, it's all in the structure did, isn't did it? you guys the see the Dave Chappelle and the last Bill Burr special. I, I saw the Paper Tiger Bill Burr. I missed Chappelle's, but I saw the reviews and well, I saw the backlash to the was, reviews was, as well. It was so interesting because I mean, personally, I enjoyed both of them very much. Mm. Have you seen them? Uh, I've seen clips because I don't have a Netflix account. Oh, okay, so. so well, you can borrow mine, I guess. So, yeah, um, we're, yeah anyway, we're going to seventy nine. But basically. Uh, what was so interesting about the two specials is that a lot of the content was actually very similar. They moved in a very similar direction of kind of, um, you know, this kind of like cancellation culture, yeah. all those sorts of things. But the big difference, now I like Dave Chappelle. In fact, I love Dave Chappelle. I probably think he's the greatest comedian of all time. But he, and I enjoy the special very, very much, but he did get an awful lot of flack. And I think principally the difference between what he did and what Bill Burr did was Bill Burr put everything upon him self mm-hmm. he put it upon as i'm the butt of the joke because i'm a silly basically i'm a silly white, man. white yeah. man yeah i'm a silly white straight man and I, this is the way i see things and i'm stupid and i can say that but i'm stupid mm-hmm. whereas dave Chappelle came from a point of almost superiority which i think works for him because he's fucking dave Chappelle, and everyone loves him and i love him mm-hmm. but it was interesting that the media response was different but the audience response was equally good, I think, for right. both. Yeah, right. yeah, I agree. With so that yeah, was interesting. How, how can critics and people who actually watch the thing be so, f- so far opposed? You know, from zero out of a hundred to a hundred out of a hundred. Yeah, it was, it's like, it was like that with Dave Chappelle. There was one yeah. point where it was practically getting zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and well, apparently a hundred percent for. I mean, it. because the critics, as you said <laughs> earlier, they're, they're, they're framing it in a way that's not just about enjoyment. Well, let's be real. I mean, I, I grew up. Watching a lot of Dave Chappelle when he did his Comedy Central specials, and um, it was quite, you know, provocative in some ways to 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 look at. But you have to look at it like it's it's just comedy. It's funny. Mm. I mean, and and the white people stereotypes. White people laugh at it. Black yeah. people stereotypes. Black people or you know every they had one segment he had. It was called the uh, the race draft. <laughs> where like you have like an NFL draft where they pick players and he, right. you know and then they said the the Asian delegation chooses uh, or the black delegation chooses Tiger Woods and yeah. Tiger Woods gets up and he and, he, and Dave Chappelle's Tiger Woods and he goes it's finally be I finally am a part of a community and like he's because he's he was half Asian he's half Thai half black and he was like. And he was like, I've been waiting to say this for a long time. 
for shizzle. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like it. I mean, it, it's just it's just you got to look at it as funny. And, and and his comedy special was it was along the same lines as what he had before. Nothing really mm-hmm. changed. Just the times changed. I cultures mean, changed, the yeah. cultures changed. Well, I think you know he was I mean? he was putting a bit of a middle finger up to the whole thing. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. but the well, the interesting thing as well is why he ended his show was supposedly because he felt he was potentially upholding stereotypes rather than challenging them the Chappelle show the Chappelle yeah, show yeah. That, that, that's, away, that's the yeah. crux of like why he ended it he's just mm. he wasn't sure the way it was being interpreted he said there was a like, and he was getting told not to say the n-word and all that kind of yeah. stuff wasn't he well, that, yeah. Yeah. And, but there was apparently some, someone who was laughing I think they were white and they were just like you know he felt they were laughing at it in the wrong way mm. as it were so that you know I mean that's always the worry as well if you do anything ironic you know, someone may laugh at it for the non-ironic mm-hmm. reason, right? So that right. you always run that risk mm. with uh, with comedy, you know. Yeah. And you know, so well. anyhow. But yeah, so comedy club Bangkok shows every Friday, and uh, shall awesome. I? And I, I love uh, very come much back. enjoyed doing the come podcast. Back. Yeah, 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 come yeah. back, mate, whenever you want. Um, sure, sure. Be a regular. Come back uh, once a month or something. There's so, oh, there's so much we could talk about still. Um, c- <laughs> just just before we go. Can I, and I, I know we, we've all got to go, so I don't want to drag it out, but just the 39 people that died in, in, the, uh, in the cold fucking, in, a, in some kind of cold con- container on the back of a truck trying to get into England, oh, these Vietnamese that. guys. I mean, how, how bad can things be in Vietnam, firstly, and how good do they think it is in England? But to risk your life in that way and to... The, the just sheer negligence of that fucking Irish dude, man, who turned the who turned the fucking cooler on and just he, he's getting done for loads of shit, you know, manslaughter, money laundering, people trafficking. So it was him then, because apparently were, he's getting done for murder. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if he did it on purpose. Why would he do it? But he obviously made a mistake and tried to. Well, I, I thought I read something about he may have even driven the truck without even knowing what was in it. But no. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, I, yes, a lot of people have said that, and I've heard a lot of those comments. But he's been charged. Mm. Like uh, I was reading a thing today. Like, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've got. The I mean, it's gross negligence of your job. You're supposed to know what kind of load you're carrying True. and where you're taking it. I mean, there's no way you take a job saying, "Here, take this crate somewhere. Don't look inside of it. Just take it." Yeah, that would. Be yeah, that's just gross negligence. Yeah. You know, I mean, corrupt. it's. Yeah. So, so I think th- this is from this is from today. Um, this is from BBC um, so Maurice Rob- Robinson 25 years old was arrested after the bodies of 31 men and 8 women were found in greys on Wednesday he's further charged with police people trafficking uh, immigration and money laundering offences the police said uh, Mr Robinson of Laurel Drive Cravington North Island is due for due in court uh, three others a man and a woman both 38 from Warrington Cheshire and a 48 year old man from Northern Ireland remain in police custody the rest on suspicion of manslaughter and conspiracy to traffic people fucking I mean 39 people just imagine as well the, 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 the scenario you're fucking freezing you're hypothermic 38 of you have died and you're the last fucking one man I mean imagine just seeing people drop dead I around saw, just I saw a text message that one of the one of the Viet- Vietnamese yeah. sent yeah, sent yeah. his family and he was like look I, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this but I heard I saw one with a girl was sure it, it was a girl it, maybe it was a guy or a girl it was one of the young ones I think he was mm. in his 20s or something yeah, he sent the last one. text message sorry if my journey doesn't 
uh, isn't successful, but I, I, we, we can't breathe in here, is what that text message Fuck said. No. So I think they all, I don't know if it was a freezer. That was new to me, but I knew that yeah. they, were, they were suffocating inside. M- maybe. Well, they, they couldn't you're breathe. right, because these cold trucks are airtight as well. Yeah. So maybe they didn't turn the, turn the cooler on. Maybe it was suffocation, but either way. Yeah. Fuck it. Our heart goes out to them. We're not always joking around on this show. We, we do have a heart as well. You might want to okay. edit this so that was a bit early. <laughs> not in this order. If, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if you want to end with that. I don't know. Oh, we just give us oh, a shout out. Because you want people out. to like end with a smile on their face. Well, mm. not, not completely, but it's just it's very down. I'll leave it in, you know, and I'll leave but, all this in as well. Well, but, uh, no, well, tell us... No, no. no. I won't put you on spot because I tell us no, a joke. I'm definitely not going to say a joke. But, uh, no, I mean... It's, yeah, it, but it does really bring in the question, like, how bad was it in Vietnam? I've been to Vietnam. It's fucking great. Mm. But maybe not for Vietnam. No, I mean, it's great. What That's a long thing? fucking way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Very long way. I mean, I mean a shipping container, you had to, you had to sorry, no, maybe have France. come up. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's by ship. Yeah. So you've had to come up either through the uh, uh, what is it, the Suez, Suez, Suez Canal or something like that, and it go. I don't know if that goes up to London. It must mm. have went all the way around. I don't well, know. Strange. Do, uh, in fact, look, we can we can f- finish off with something funny if I can just find this right. Um, oh, um, I cut I cut this bit out. Thank God you didn't ask me to make a joke about it. Here we go. Immigrant roof box. So, uh, newly cut Newbury couple shocked uh, over migrants in car roof box. So uh, they opened up the roof box, and uh, this dude uh, crawled, <laughs> crawled out. Hang on, I'll show you the picture. It's pretty funny. There you go. It's just a small picture there, but basically, this dude they travelled uh, back from France, and th- this immigrant was actually hid in the roof box to get over. <laughs> Shit. Ingenious. That is kind of good. Ingenious. It doesn't really help ending on a high note. It? But, uh, <laughs> well, it, it was a success story. He got over, he was probably deported straight after, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, I think, well, it, it, it leads to a broader point, doesn't it, on immigration and closed borders and all that. I just think the world should be open. I mean, we're all global citizens. No, but that's like the NWO agenda, isn't but it? But then, then, then we go way back to do you, that do you, do you know who that threatens though it threatens the elite and it threatens yeah. you know the, yeah it's great it doesn't, for the poor. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't affect us really mm. Mm. Mid, we talk about resources and things like that but it's a it's a it's a uh, interconnected global network of food mm. and exchange of goods between so we got we're taking care of on that aspect mm. it, it's more having to do with the threat of Outside influence in a in a country, you know what I mean. In People Canada, they have shit. they're having sick mm. a sick uh, candidate. They had a sick candidate, and then they also had uh, in London the mayor was was sick seek, as well. Seek seek seek, seek, seek yeah. as well, right? Yeah. So it's this outside influence mm. of 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 different breeding out the whiteness in this. Maybe I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, we've been this strange life. Thanks, Chris. Thank Chris you very much. Yeah. Well, uh, any website or anything? Or comedyclubbangkok.com. Uh, also, okay. the Facebook Comedy Club Bangkok. Yeah. Uh, yep, check us out, and we All have right. shows every Friday. So, cheers, it's great to see you. Yeah, uh, cheers, JD, uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Yep, cheers.
angel from my nightmare The shadow in the background of the moor The unsuspecting victim Of darkness in the valley We can live like Jack and Sally If we want Where you can always find me And we'll have Halloween on Christmas And in the night we'll wish this never ends We'll wish this never ends Don't waste your time on me Lord. 